Praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius Adeomi. I'm going to record the questions and answers that we have received from email. These are questions that have been posted by those that are listening to our radio broadcasts in Africa. We have radio broadcasts on Radio Africa, which is a shortwave missionary radio stations. And uh, we invite people to ask questions to write in for materials. So mostly the missionary radio stations were always listened to by believers, sometimes pastors, because they are, are full-time gospel radio preaching. So that is where we have 30 minute slots preaching and teaching the word of God. And most of the people that are listening are Christians, believers, and people that want to know more about the Word of God, and they will love to have questions, and they have the rest send emails to us asking questions about the question about the Bible. And there is there are some questions they are going to I've already responded to some of these questions by email, but we record this for the all for the benefit of those audience that may also have the similar question but they have not written. And uh, when you listen to the answer that we give you will be directed some bible verses and then you can learn also it may expand shade beyond what we have recorded to what we have sent to them by email that is one of the reasons why i'm making this question and answer ask brother julius it's what this series is called it's a question from nigeria from shokoto in modern nigeria a, a brother that's called papa gregory he's older he's an old man so good morning. Six days ago, some believers visited me, an elderly person in our local nursing home. So she or he is from a local nursing home. So when one of the visitors knew my deep hunger to study the word of God, this email was dropped for me. Please, I have a Bible question I want answers for. So this is the Bible question. How does God get our attention? So God bless you and your family is happy. So this is from Papa Gregory in Shokoto, Northern Nigeria. Now this is the reply I sent to him by email. This has been this was sent to us in 2022. Dear Papa Gregory, God calls people attention in several ways that people may not even realize is God getting their attention. Let's look at it from the Bible. The first one is Agai in the book of Old Testament, Agai chapter 1, verse 5 to 6. This is what the Bible said. Now, therefore, thus said the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Ye have so much and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is no warm. And he that earneth wages, and it wages to put it into a bag with holes. Thus said the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Now, just listen to that, that uh, Bible verse. It's, it's pointing to us that some things that people will think is a misfortune. God said sometimes he's using that to call attention of his people. They may call it it's a misfortune or some unlucky situation. Look at this again. Say you have so much, you sown, you are trying to plant. If you sow a lot of corn, then you bring in little. You eat and you have you don't have enough. You drink, you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourself, but there is none warm. 
you that harnessed wages, harnessed wages to put it into a bag with holes. So just said a lot of folks consider your ways. So that shows us that sometimes some calamities, whether in the nation or to individual, is a warning or a calling to your attention to turn back to God, to consider your ways. Here's another Bible verse. Amos chapter 4, from verse 6 and verse 11. That verse 9 states, I have smitten you with blasting and mildew. When your gardens and your vineyards and your fig trees and your olive trees increase, the palmer will devour them. Yet have you not returned unto me, say the Lord. Just think about that. When they have crops that is almost producing and Palma won't eat everything. God is saying, He's using that to call the attention of people. Say they are to return. He said, Does not mean that they should plant farm Palma won't, but there are some things that they ought to be doing to keep their eyes on the Lord. And they were not doing, and God is saying, He allowed those Palma won't to eat up their crops so that probably they should return to the Lord. And God is the one that can control those Palma won't. You see? The above few say this is continuation of the email that I sent in response to this question. The above few statements show that when things are not working out fine, it ought not so to be. If people will realize it and they turn to God in repentance, then God will turn things around. You see what I'm saying? That is my comment on the first two verses I just quoted to you, which is Amos chapter 4. From verse 6 we see that in Agai chapter 1, verse 5 to 6. And here's another one in Psalm 107, from verse 10 to 13. Such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron, because they rebelled against the words of God and contemned the counsel of the Most High. Therefore he brought down their heart with labor, they fell down, and there was none to help. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death, and break their bands in sunder. See that one again? The Lord is telling us in that Bible verses, in the book of Psalm 107, that when afflictions, troubles come upon men, then the normalists will cry unto God, then God will save, we turn things around for them. Here is verse 17 of the same Psalm 107. Fools, because of their transgression, and because of their iniquities are afflicted, their soul are bought all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them, and delivered them out from their destructions. Now you see that now when you say sickness and diseases sometimes when it comes upon mankind, God is calling attention people to come back to him so that he can do those things for, for us. Now I continue and say the above few statements show that even sickness should cause men to turn to God. God does not send the sickness. The devil is the enemy that attacks people. When that occurs, if people cry unto God, he will deliver. So God allows the attacks to call people's attention to himself. Here's another one in Jeremiah chapter 25. Verse 4. And the Lord has sent unto you his servants, all his servants, the prophets, rising early and sending them. What does that mean, rising early? That means he sent them way before any trouble comes. 
but ye have not hearkened nor inclined your ear to hear. They said, Turn ye again now, every one from his evil way and from the evil of your doings, and dwell in the land that the Lord has given unto you and to your fathers forever and ever. And go not after other gods to serve them and to worship them, and provoke me not to anger with the works of your hands, and I will do you no hurt. Yet ye have not hearkened unto me, said the Lord, that ye might provoke me to anger with the works of your hands to your own heart. Now the above verses show that the preachers are also used by God to call people's attention to repentance. When men don't turn, then judgment follows. Therefore, we turn to God by accepting Jesus Christ as the Lord and our Savior and that he died for our sins and rose again by the power of the Holy Ghost and is coming again. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 to 10 said, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, that Jesus is your Lord, and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto salvation, unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For with the heart Man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So I ask, I acknowledge this brother, pray this prayer with me. And you can also listen, that's listening, you can pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent for my sins. I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is my Lord, and that God has raised him from the dead for my justification. I believe, and I'm saved now. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. From today, I belong to Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Now, you can listen to more sessions from our app on your cell phone. Search for the help, Gospel Distribution EA. There's no space between Gospel and Distribution. Just Gospel Distribution. EA is the Evangelical Association representative. On the website, this is gospeldivision.org. That's the first question. Thank you. Now, we go to another question that we received. And uh, that we have already answered. We're going to see, record what the answer we have given. Here's a question about rapture. And uh, I only just pointed the believer to the Bible, but to the to our websites, uh, link to the to the rapture in faith series that we already recorded. Because he was talking about the. Let me see what he said about the rapture. Yes, brother. He said, we do a lot of Bible study here, and most times discussions always arises among ourselves. For example, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, the Lord himself shall descend from, the, from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. We have for comfort one another with these words. So Jesus said, immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her life, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds 
from one end of heaven to the other. That's Matthew chapter 24, from verse 29 to 31. And then Apostle John's vision said, I saw heaven open and behold a white horse, and the one sitting upon it called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. The reading chapter 19, verse 11. You see, do you have any comments on this? Well, it was just quoting the Bible, but I don't need to have any comments. I was just pointing him to the teachings in our, our website that has to do with the rapture. Yes, my answer I say, that's, that's a whole sermon itself. Here are the links to my recent sermons on rapture and the events. And I pointed this brother to the sermons on our website that has to do with uh, rapture. There are several of them. Rapturing species, Elijah Saints part 1 and 2, Rapture part 1 and 2, Resurrection video. They are all on our website that anybody can listen to. And there's another question from a brother. Now let's let's write let's read this question. This is a question from a brother in uh, from the email. He was saying, were well, both Jews and Gentiles fed by Jesus? That's the question. He was quoting the miraculous feeding of four thousand and five thousand Jews and Gentiles. He said, were they Jews and Gentiles in the in the in the, the, the rendering of the gospel. So there's a revisionist opinion among New Testament scholars that the Lord Jesus' second miraculous feeding, the 4,000, was done deep in the Decapolis region, predominantly among Gentiles. Apostle Paul, Apostle Mark, especially gives the location of the event as having occurred in the midst of the borders of Decapolis. Matthew chapter 15, verse 21 to 28, and Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Um, and so, so suggesting it was on the fringe on the fringes of the Decapolis area on the east side of the Sea of Galilee and the Jordan River. The location of the feeding of the four thousand makes a lot of difference in understanding how broad the ministry of Christ was among Gentiles. Someone I know doesn't believe it was Gentiles. As Christ's entire earthly ministry was restricted to the Jewish people, there is no reason to believe that the 4,000 were any different from the 5,000 fed before. They were Jewish people from the Sea of Galilee area who came to hear the Master. Matthew chapter 14 and Mark chapter 6. He said, Do you have any comment on this? Now, this is my answer to this brother Benjamin from Africa. I say, I say it doesn't matter much whether many Gentiles were in the crowd. No one was separating them. Jews and Gentiles alike were welcome. Bear in mind the people classified as Jews in the days of Jesus were people from Judea, the tribe of Judah only. Those were the people that returned from Babylon. See Second Chronicles chapter 36 from verse 20 to 23. But several members of the lost ten tribes sneaked back in and joined them. The Samaritans were the people from the lost ten tribes who were brought back by the Assyrian king to live among the Gentiles that the Assyrians moved into the land. Mixed Israelis and Gentiles. Second Kings chapter 17 verse 24 to 34. All the people in Galilee were mixed, many from tribes of Israel who are not Jews. That is, that is why the gospel writers always said the Jews the Jews said X or the Jews said Y because they themselves were not Jews. 
only used the umbrella name Jews. Anyone not from the tribe of Judah was not a Jew. For example, Apostle Paul said he was from the tribe of Benjamin, so he was not a Jew by tribe, just by religion. However, over the years, it became the umbrella name for anyone that follows the Mosaic laws or Judaism religion. That was the answer to because he was saying, "Are Jews and or Jews and Gentiles?" So there could be Gentiles in the crowd because they were living among the Jews, even in the days among the Israelites, even when Christ was preaching about. But when Christ talks, especially say, "I'm only sent to the household of the of Israel," yet he, he healed the. Centurion was a Roman. Centurion servant was a Roman. So it was simply a way to teach us that the time for the Gentiles was when he, after he resurrected, he sent the world to the Gentiles. Uh, go to another question. Here. There's a question about angels. Then he said, this is a, a question from the same brother Benjamin. He says, some angels are almighty God's messengers. Some are warriors. They provide various services for the Lord. Many are for his elect people. They guide, protect, strengthen, encourage, and instruct us. There are armies of angels serving God. They may be visible or invisible. They have appeared in different ways in dreams, shining in glory, dazzling light, or as a common man. The messenger angel Gabriel is quoted many times in the Bible. This message to Daniel appears to be of an end time battle between Iran and Turkey. Daniel chapter 8, verse 16. So do you have any comment on this? Well, you have to remember this brother, they were doing Bible studies and he's the leader of the Bible study, so he's bringing so many from the Bible and then trying to see whether I have any comment. My answer to him is thank you for your email. My teachings on the book of Daniel can be read on my website and also the audio sermons can be listened to on our audio on demand, video on demand from the link below. I gave you the link of the Gospel Division Evangelical System. You can also download the app of our teaching into your smartphone, Android or iPhone by searching for Gospel Distribution EA from the App Source. Now I go to another question here. Okay, here's another question from a brother, brother Benjamin is the same person asking this question about the anointing of Jesus before crucifixion. See, we do a lot of Bible study here, and most times questions arise. See, the anointing is mentioned in three incidents, causing some confusion. But the differences are significant enough to warrant viewing them as separate events. Chronological list follows. In Luke chapter 7, verse 36 to 50, taking place in the house of Simon the Pharisee in Galilee about a year before the crucifixion. Luke chapter 7, verse 1 and verse 11. The woman on this occasion was forgiven of many sins, but her name is not given. She anointed Jesus with, with Jesus' feet with the perfume. She come, she came to Jesus weeping and showing loving worship, 
to the one who forgave her of her sins. In John chapter 12, verse 1, at the home of Lazarus, six days before Passover, the name of the woman who anointed Jesus' feet is Mary, Martha's sister. Not, no anointing of his head is mentioned. Matthew chapter 26, verse 6 to 13, and Mark chapter 14, verse 3 to 9, describe the same event which occurred two days before Passover, involving an unnamed woman who entered the home of Simon the leper in Bethany. Both passages mention an alabaster box, and both say that the unnamed woman anointed Jesus said. Any comment on this? Uh, that's an interesting question. And uh, this is how I responded to him, pointing to some other highlights of the scripture. Answer given. I said, bear in mind the stories were written several years after it happened. I tried to write my own biography and miss several key details of what happened 20 to 40 years earlier. Some of the writers were not eyewitnesses, but were only reporting what they heard the apostles related. Remember that. Mark and Luke were definitely not present, and several of Mark's accounts were copied from Matthew's. Apostle John was the positive eyewitness. And he wrote his gospel after reading what the earlier ones had penned. That is why he put in stories others did not write, like the raising of Lazarus. There were definitely two occasions of women anointing Jesus, as you pointed out. John chapter 12, verse 1 to 7 mentioned six days before Passover, which read as if it was a martyr's house, but knowing Bethany was a small town or village, it is possible the dinner was in Simon the leper's house, and the sisters were there to serve, which can mean the story is the same event written by John as six days before Passover, and written by Mark and Matthew as two days before the Passover. Also, it could be two occasions, both in Bethany, because from the time the Lord rode donkey into Jerusalem, he stayed around till crucifixion, going back and forth from Bethany to Jerusalem. Matthew chapter 21, verse 17. So there could be dinner six days before Passover, and another one two days before Passover. But any one of them will bear the rebuke of Judas Iscariot. Now, whether the perfume was poured on the head of or feet of Jesus can easily be confused because according to John, as Apostle John, Mary anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped it with her hair. So the atmosphere was perfumed, and people around would wonder he sit the head or the feet. Everywhere was smelling perfume. I will take John's record because he was the disciple always leaning at Jesus' bosom. John chapter 13, verse 13. The first occasion in Luke chapter 7, verse 36 to 50 taking place in the house of Simon the Pharisee was definitely different in that it was tears of the woman she used to wash Jesus' feet and wipe them with her hairs before anointing with perfume. In all, Jesus is Lord. God bless you. That was the answer I gave to these questions and I believe that that will bless you. You can search the scripture yourself and be blessed. God bless you.
Amen.